0: the happiness just seems to happen organically. It's not something I have to put a lot of effort into. I mean, I have my down days. I mean, I have times where I feel like not depressed in a sense of like, oh, the world's coming to an end, but just like, like, you know, this year has been really interesting, you know, COVID. So there's that level of uncertainty. It's like all these weird things going on, things you have Mm -hmm. to do differently that you didn't do before. So there is a level of some sadness or depression from that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise you still look at the brighter side of things it's like I'm still here yeah. you know my family's still here and so there's so many things to be happy about that it's just it's hard for me to get I don't know sad or negative it's like I just mm. always have this positive vibe and like I said things that I surround myself with also you know positive and happy as well so it's not hard All right,
1: welcome back, everybody, to the High Performance Happiness Podcast. I am your host, your guide, your waiter here on the show, Brian Sharp. For those of you that are checking this out for the first time, thank you so much. We are uh, we're really grateful to have such a a wonderful outpouring of support as we've kicked this thing off. Just hit a really cool milestone. Just hit 500 downloads, and we haven't even got to our tenth episode yet. So this has been a lot of fun. So what are we doing here, real as a a lifelong business builder. One of the things that that I have been working on is trying to find this balance between building a business and finding and maintaining happiness. And so this podcast is the one I couldn't find. So we've dedicated this to helping entrepreneurs and executives and just other high performers achieve better results, but also live better lives. So we get into the good stuff. We talk about the hard stuff. We cover from Beating burnout, managing stress to how you scale a company, but also take better care of yourself. And so look for examples and content, expertise and stories, resources, things that we can share with you that you can actually use and apply in your own personal journey. So I am a, I'm a believer that there's a path here to balance this happiness and high performance I am learning it. I am on this journey. and I welcome you wherever you're at on your journey as we learn together. And tonight, I'm, I'm really excited to share somebody I was introduced to recently. And I'm sure everybody can relate to this. You know, you meet somebody. And like we're, we're in a business conversation about doing some business together. And, and like five minutes in, I go, damn, I got to get her on the podcast, right? And then, I, you know, and then we went back. So I waited till we were done with our project. And then I reached right back out to Crystal Harris, who's our guest. So first, I want to make sure to introduce you. So hello, Crystal. Welcome. Hello, Ryan. All right. So glad to have you. So I want to give a little bit of background if you're okay with that. I'm going to make you blush just a little bit. That's my- I favorite. love it. You such a great smile. So uh, Crystal is the owner of CMH Consulting Solutions, and she provides environmental health and safety services. She's got over 16 years Uh, leadership experience in the largest privately held food company in America, which have all been applied to this amazing consulting uh, business that she's now building. And she obviously focused a lot of her time in the food manufacturing, held a number of leadership roles, uh, gained a lot of technical expertise, but her passion as you'll find really came out around the training and education and helping develop others into their full untapped potential. And that's why I wanted her here, because she took a little detour here. So recently, now get this, like break, stretch out for this one, all right? She took a leap of faith, as she puts it, put her dreams into action here. So starting a business, establishing a nonprofit, and oh, by the way, on the side, becoming a professional bodybuilder. So that's quite, we're going to get into all that. That's a lot there. So first, congratulations to you on all your success. I'm so excited to dig into all this with you. And I'm really grateful to have you make some time for us here. Oh, thank you so
0: much. I'm so honored to to be here. I
1: appreciate it. Oh, it's gonna, it's, well, wait till, you might wait till after you use words like honor. I don't know. That's, <laughs> uh, we'll be careful there. But so and we were just talking before, this is the yeah. training season, right? Like, so yeah you know, that you're, we, we got a window of your time here. When, when do you go back into full blown training again?
0: Well, um, I'll probably start doing that pretty soon here, but my um next, my pro debut will be in April. Um, oh. At least that's the plan. So I'll definitely, you know, with, you know that'll be here in no time. So right mm-hmm. now it's, off-season but off-season doesn't mean you go off the rails and just do what you want to do it's okay. a period for you to um grow more it doesn't mean you just go eat whatever i mean you still have a really you know healthy plan even during the hot yeah. off season um but it's just a little less um intense <laughs> for a few minutes or for a few weeks for right now but i'll get right back into it i'm sure in no time so I like so, april, is, april is the the goal to to do my pro debut so
1: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, congrats. So I, I, little birdie told me from our mutual (laughs) connection here that you did just win your pro card for bodybuilding. So congratulations on that, the debut in in the spring. So we're going to get into all of that, but let's, let's rewind just a bit. Just so some, I I always like to provide some context because the idea here is the people listening uh, are the people I'm interviewing. It's it, we're all doers. We are in the trenches. So Give us a little bit of your background. Like, I, you know, we, we've got your bio here, but just tell us a little bit about personal, professional life. What would you like to share? What Tell us a little bit about Crystal, just to give some give some flavor and context here.
0: Sure. So I am from a small town in North Carolina. It's in Franklin County, which is pretty close to, to Raleigh, North Carolina. Just give some context, but a little town called Lewisburg, North Carolina. Um, grew up with my mom and dad and my older sister. And so, like I said, grew up small hometown. I guess you would call it more of an agricultural kind of vibe, but very, very small town, about a population of, I think, 3,000 people, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. But pretty small. Um, went to school to North Carolina A&T, or Agricultural Technical State University. Went there on a full track scholarship. So, the, the health and fitness started pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So you've always been an athlete. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I went there, and I, I was majoring in occupational safety and health. Uh, for my undergrad. And like I said, um, ran all four years while I was there. And then I went on to grad school um, at the same university as well with a uh, um, manufacturing and industrial and manufacturing um, systems background for my master's. Okay. And during that time, um, when I was in school, I was working always in manufacturing. Um, okay. So I had the opportunity to enter um, intern with General Motors in Flint, Michigan. Wow. Um and then also with general electric general electric in um Medvin, north carolina so always had the um the manufacturing like i said background and with safety were my focuses um with both of those intern and co-op opportunities
1: yeah so as i got to know you and your background and and, and i love how you just gloss over like all those accolades so, which is impressive like <laughs> right? Somebody to make it out of junior college. I, I have great deal of respect for what you've accomplished, but it set the tone for a corporate career, right? Yeah, is, yeah, is different, right? I'm a small business startup guy, and and I wouldn't even know how to navigate that. So sure. talk a little bit about how you you went from from college, and and I know you were a great athlete there, and then going into the corporate world, and all of a sudden you're kind of a
0: rookie, right? Like what? <laughs> What is that like for... Yes. Yeah, so um, like you said, it started in the kind of the corporate world, the corporate, you know, that's the at least a dream I had mm-hmm. where you go to school, you get a good job, you stay with the company for a number of years, etc., and then you excel within that company. So um, once I got out of grad school, I worked with Cargill. Cargill has been the company I was with for 16 years and yeah. probably would have stayed with them forever. You know, it was kind yeah. of, my thing was like, I, once I find something, I kind of stick with it. I don't job hop a lot. Um, there was a lot of opportunities within that company. So it was like, you know, if you don't really love this particular role, you can always get another role within the same company. And and it provided me a lot of great opportunities. So I, so I loved it. Um, but the thing is with corporate life is this, you know, that's all I knew. <laughs> mm, right. Because, I mean, that's from since 2003, that's what i've done you know you go into the office you have your uh schedule things you're going to do your emails you're talking with folks you're at meetings all the time you have projects and it's pretty much set out for you i mean although you are in charge of making sure things happen
1: yeah
0: you it's towards the company's goals or whatever the goals are for that facility that you're working with I'm um, going into the entrepreneurial space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now <laughs> we're talking, weird. now I can. start over all over again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're a rookie again. Yeah. How's so it feel? Like, like, what's it like to wake up and
0: th- different rules now? Nope. It, that's right. You're right. It's different rules and they're your rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, initially I was really, sh- it's strange because again, you feel like you're almost like a new student in school. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're starting over and, um, you're not, you're an expert in your, your technical side of things, but yeah. you're trying to figure out how to be your own boss, your manager, et yeah. cetera, and not having necessarily someone you're reporting to, you're reporting to yourself yeah. or at least yeah. your, to your customers <laughs> or your clients. I mean, they, that's who you're reporting to. It's a little different.
1: Right. Um,
0: and so I really have to, um, you have to focus on your scheduling, like, how do you fit everything? It's a lot more flexible, which is really good. <laughs> right. But you also don't want to have too much time on your hand that you just lose touch of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I have to be really focused on when I wake up in the morning, which is really early, like 430. <laughs> 430. <Wow. laughs> yeah, 430 in the morning, mostly because I'll go work out before I start my day. So by the time it's seven o'clock, I've worked out and done all these other things. So. During that time, I'm actually scheduling what I'm going to do from a work perspective um, when I get home. So I like to actually take time when there's kind of dead space to optimize that because instead of working out, then come home and then try to figure out a schedule, I'm like, well, I'm on the bike. So I can kind of try to schedule things while I'm on the bike or stairmaster, master, et cetera, so that I'm using that time that I could be listening to the radio or doing something else. Right. I usually use that time to either do some planning or if there's something I want to learn, Mm-hmm. Um, like a podcast or anything like yeah. that. I'll take that time to to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: I'll do that, come home, and then I'll try to execute on those things. One thing I find that works for me because I'll again, I'm not at work, so the distractions at home are different from work. Um, at work, you might get distracted by people coming in your office yeah. or email. At home, you could maybe start getting into social media. So I'm like. That's a definite no no.
1: Yep.
0: So so I, hole, that'll pull you in deep right there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So what I've done is a lot of um like time chunks or project chunks where I'll say for an hour I'm gonna work on this. Um mm-hmm. for another hour or two hours I may work on a specific project. Mm-hmm. So so that has been very helpful where I'm like, I absolutely cannot do anything fun or or do social media or any of these other things that can distract you because no one's there to look at you and keep you accountable for that. Mm -hmm. Um, The time chunks and the project chunks have been like amazing. Even just getting simple things done like chores around the house or Mm -hmm. other things that you have to get done. It's easy to procrastinate and say not to do those doing those chunks of time is what really saves me to, to get a lot of things done. Uh, uh, you're talking my
1: language right? <laughs> and you know, what, and I bet. So this is why I love this podcast because most of us listening are wired this way. Like for the general public, the, this is yeah. crazy talk, but for the people <laughs> listening here, like, yes, this is good. But I want to, I want to go back for, for a couple of things. So this is a high level of discipline. Right? Yeah. To make this adjustment you've been all corporate. Now you're an entrepreneur and then you got to figure this out. So did you always have this discipline like to to kind of, fit, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to just do it. Now I'm doing it right. That's yeah. easier said than done. Is that natural for you or is that something that was built over time for you?
0: I think it's natural in a sense that I've just been, always been like a person that self, like just a self driver, like just get yep. things done and just able to do things on my own without having a lot of people, a lot of direction or somebody standing over me. And I kind of was thinking about this one day, like, is it because, um, I think like at an early age, like my sister and I are, are a number of years apart and I used to want to play or we were so different that we didn't have anything in common. I'm playing with Barbie dolls and she's, Nowhere near that kind of interest at that point. <laughs> and I used to my mom was like, hey, my sister, you know, she won't play with me, or can you play with me? And she would like, find something to do, or um, entertain yourself, use your imagination. So I had to learn at an early age how to just be able to do things on my own or be a driver of my own happiness, so to speak. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so, I like that. Okay. so I've always been able to, like, if you just give me something to work on, I know how to use my imagination, be creative, mm-hmm. and not have to worry about, you know, someone being there to lead me the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's just been my thing. I mm-hmm. kind of like you give me something and I'll take off with it. You mm-hmm. know, I might check in here and there to kind of see if I'm on the same path as what the person is expecting from me. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't really, you know, have to have that, constant, you know, contact with someone to to get things done or to live to deliver on yeah. the, the end. I also game.
1: sense a little bit and I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> and I know you're super humble. She's like, well, where is he going now? But <laughs> I I, I, yeah. I sense also that you don't need the validation, right? Because it's it's yeah. one thing to say, hey, I'm cool. I'm self driven. I'm self motivated. I have the discipline. It's another to trust yourself. Yeah, especially if you've never been in that in whatever the new environment is right going from yeah. corporate to to a new business or, or vice versa. Right. So it's important for people listening that, you know, it's not just enough to just say, okay, I'm going to go do it. But actually, mm-hmm. you seem to have a high level of confidence and you trust your instincts. Is that a fair thing to say?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Where, and where does
1: that confidence come from, though, for you?
0: I don't even know. It's just like, I'm just think it's expected. Like I have a high degree of accountability for myself. Okay. Um, so if there's like, if I'm going to do something or if you ask me to do something and I agree to do it, then even if it's something I don't want to do and I say, ooh, I agree to that, but I shouldn't have, I commit, <laughs> I've i committed. So a person's expecting me to do something, I do it. And mm. so I feel like it's just an automatic thing. It's not something that deserves like accolades or anything like that. Yeah. It's just... So
1: tell, tell me a little bit about the the accountability piece are do you beat yourself up is it just kind of always there for you do you have <laughs> how, how do you what's accountability look like for for you when you say it's high level of accountability
0: yeah so it's just a it's a private thing um okay. and i think it's more so cuz i my parents have been very strong um influences in that, and then i look at them and how they are accountable they're reliable people people that mm. work with them they know like if my parents say it as gospel or they rely, you know, they just really have a high level of respect from them in that, in that regard. Yeah. And so um, I think that's just something I picked up on is I have pride in people relying on me to do things. Again, there's nothing worse than like someone's expecting something from you and you can't deliver it. Um, and even sometimes when things outside of your control happen, you can't, it's important to just say, Hey, like, I take full responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened or you may, it's something that happened that you couldn't uh, foresee, but, you know, at least having that communication with people up front, but as hard as that is to say, like, Oh, I can't, you know, deliver on it. But at least, you know, having that, that, that conversation to say, this is what didn't happen, but this is how I'm going to fix it. Or at least have a solution to, to, you know, to solve that the issue of why it's not going to happen on time or it may not happen as we expect had initially thought it was going to happen. But again, it's that reliability piece that um, it's just so important to me that I would never want anyone to say, out of all things people can say about me, I don't want anyone to ever say they can't rely on depend on me.
1: That's good. I <laughs> like that.
0: So by <laughs> yeah. the way,
1: I'm going to, after we're done here, I'm going to keep you on. I'm going to bring my kids in. I just want you to go through that same, <laughs> that same thing right after I'm going to bring them in one by one. Coach, Coach Harris, here going to bring it. All right. So you talked about your parents and I, one of my notes I had made early on Mm -hmm. was just, you talked about sticking with, I mean, it's rare for people to stick with things. And and so that loyalty and two things, accountability, that's all, all came from, from your upbringing, from your parents.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah a lot of that here. and i think some of it's my personality um when i've done like different personality tests and things like that i usually the i and the j part of it like do myers briggs that usually stays constant but like the n and f and the stuff in the middle kind of changes here and there okay but um, one of my personality traits when i look at it is more so around um being reliable and dependable and things like that and so i was like okay so it kind of makes sense that it's part of that whole that whole, you know, personality thing. So it's just something, I guess, within me.
1: (laughs) That's good. One of your, one of your values, you're living that. Let, Let me look at the other side of the fence though. How about your friends? So when you, here's this, star athlete and you know I, knowing you and what I know about you professionally you could yeah. have had your pick of the uh, whatever job you probably wanted right leaving leaving the corporate world and you could have stayed sure. corporate you could have you know a lot of options at your disposal sure. so what yeah. do you do you go do the hardest thing and start something from scratch right right what did your friends say like what was their how, how what was their
0: reaction what were they what were they what was their feedback oh so the funny thing is um everyone knows how unique i am and how i'm on my own path mm-hmm. so me doing anything that may sound off the wall to most people mm-hmm. people for me were like okay so when are you going to do it like no one <laughs> no one thinks anything i say or do is crazy for me because i've always done the extreme for anything mm. um okay. like going back to sports. So like I, once I, you know, left the, the collegiate world, I'm never going to run in that capacity again, right. but I was learning how to, you know, I trained for a half marathon, hmm. you know, it's like when I train for something, it's for something that's extreme. So it was a half marathon and that was a goal. And I did a couple of those and it's like, okay, I did that. So what's next, you know? So it's, <laughs> that's no big deal anymore. right? Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, and then like the bodybuilding is I think the most extreme form of things I've done. Um, so again, it's like when I say I'm going to do something, people are kind of like, okay, so when is it going to happen? So when I talk to friends and even families that are very sound mind, that I value their opinions, I told them, hey, I'm thinking about when I turn 40, I want to, you know, quit working and start a business. And they're like, okay, <laughs> no one talked me out of it. Right, right. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Like, And I kept talking to people. Some people were like, well, I wish I would have thought of doing something like that when I was your age, or I wish I could have done that. Or they're just, it was a lot of support. Like I was waiting for someone to say, absolutely not. Don't do that. No one said that. And I don't know if it's because I have very supportive friends, which I do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, People know that I'm responsible. So if I do decide to do something that does sound off the wall, I've thought Mm. through it. And again, I'm just so out there that it's not unusual for me to say something like that
1: that's great and actually do it (laughs) yeah that's that's you you've you've kind of proven that that propensity to deliver to go whatever it is try something when you say these unique paths or different your own path Like, Oh, there's the next one. Right. That, so they're probably equally inspired by that as well. Do you, do you find that? Do they say, Oh, do you hear a lot of that? Like, Oh, I wish I could do that. Or, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I I often say when people have that own path process, you know, there's a cycle that the people watching go through in the beginning. They're like, Oh, you're crazy. And then (laughs) it kind of goes to, Oh, how'd you do that? And then it goes to, Hey, could you teach me how to do that? You know? So like, do you find a similar thing in your circle or it sounds like most of them don't think you're crazy. They're just like, you're your own crazy. We're, I'm going to follow you. This is awesome. I'm cheering for you. But
0: do, you, do yeah. you have, do you see any of that from the people that are that are around you or watching well, you? A lot of the things I do are so like out there and you need people just say like that only works for you <laughs> and they just don't bother trying to do it, but they right. do get inspired and people are like, man, like that's really cool. Like, they they re, you know respect it and they think it's mm. awesome they want to know all about it um no one's necessarily taking those paths per se i mean i might be able to convince them to do a half marathon maybe i don't know yeah and then i you know my and I, my, our my mutual my mutual my friend uh who does bodybuilding I and mean, we did that together so right. sometimes there's those things that you know can kind of convince people to do to, to kind of do some things but most people are just like man that's so inspiring and they may find their own path to be inspired and Do something totally different, but they don't necessarily say, How did you do that? They just kind of sit back and watch things unfold.
1: You just create you, you've created a space for them to think differently about what's possible yeah, for, exactly. for them, too. That's that's awesome. So, let's let's shift gears a little bit because you're clearly a, you're a high performer, right? And everything you do, you're when you say extreme, what I hear is high performer, like you don't do anything. One way reminds me like when I was a kid, I got my mom never let me forget. I did a paper route and I used to yeah. practice folding the papers and I would time myself and then I'd practice throwing to my own house. People like you're crazy, but that was just if you're gonna be a paper boy. There you go, the best, right? And you've right. applied that throughout your whole life, and even when it's an adult, when it's way harder, <laughs> to, to do, it's easy when you're like 10, right? Yeah, right. I got to lose, but you, you putting it all on the line so you've demonstrated your ability to be a high performer. I love your phrase about you, you've become a driver of your own happiness, right? Yeah. Ha, do well, so let me ask first, do either of those come easier to you, right? Cause you exude joy and happiness and you're mm-hmm. also crushing it. Does, is one easier for you than the other? Or have you always been able to kind of balance and intertwine those two things?
0: Ugh, the happiness, you know, I just tend to have like this I believe that like your energy just makes all the difference in the world, mm-hmm. um so my happiness, I'm typically a positive person. um the people that I put in have in my circle are positive, like if someone is negative, we can be acquaintances, and I'll be cordial, but we're not gonna hang out yeah, <laughs> like it's so absolutely mean, not gonna happen your space, yeah. <laughs> Right, so the happiness really comes really easy for me because I've been fortunate to have very supportive family. Um, my friends are are the people that I choose to be in my circle. Um, they're very positive, so I'm. I think it's just because of the energy I surround myself. The happiness just seems to happen organically. It's not something I have to put a lot of effort into. I mean, I have my down days. I mean, I have times where I feel like not depressed in a sense of like, oh, the world's coming to an end, but just like. Like, you know, this year has been really interesting, you know, COVID. So there's that level of uncertainty. It's like all these weird things going on, things you have mm. to do differently that you didn't do before. So there is a level of some sadness or depression from that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you still look at the brighter side of things. It's like, I'm still here. Yeah. You know, my family's still here. And so there's so many things to be happy about that it's just, it's hard for me to get, I don't know, sad or negative. It's like, I just... Mm always have this positive vibe and like I said, things that I surround myself with.
1: All right. So want you know, we talk about kind of blending these two things together, right? The, the high performance and the happiness. And for you, it's kind of organic. It's who you are, but it, but, but there's more to it than that. So when you have blended those two things, when you're at your best, mm-hmm. what does it look like? Or, or, or do you have a way of noticing it or feeling it like, Ooh, I'm in the zone or, Tell, just tell me what, because it's so cool to hear how you're talking about all this, but even for you, do you notice it or measure it or monitor it or adjust
0: it? Like, what, is, what does that look like when it's all lined up for you? It's it's interesting because even when it's all lined up, I don't necessarily physically show it um, because I think I'm always just happy anyways that when all of those things align, like you couldn't even tell that I was like super happy, like, but I am inside. And a lot of times people are confused because they can't read me. It's like my mom, hey, aren't you excited? Like you just achieved whatever it is. I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're not happy? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I am. I just can't show it physically.
1: (laughs) Got it. So it's almost like just a regular level for you, right? Like that you're, it's just that, but that probably helps you. So let's, that may help lead to the next Question. So you mentioned just prior uh, about, you know, we have down days, right? Which I, oh, yeah, is, is very real. And you work in some very high pressure environments, both yeah. in the corporate world and now as an entrepreneur, but as an athlete. Um, what does a down day look like for you and what triggers it? Is there is there something that happens or an environment or a position you put yourself in where you're like, oh, man, I knew that was going to happen? And and it kind of leads you there or, or what does that
0: look like for you on the, on the flip side? A down day. So down. So if I, you know, something's maybe a little off, I don't feel so great. Um, I'm already highly introverted. So <laughs> again, people really? around me not know. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I may be a little bit more reserved than normal. Mm-hmm. I may just kind of, you know, that might be the day where I am goofing off watching Netflix to kind of get out of, you know, the reality of things for a little while, you know, watch something that's funny or do something to distract myself from what emotionally I might be going through, but it doesn't last that long. Cause I'm just like, okay, you've had your time to mope around, get past it. What are you going to do? Like, whatever is making you feel that way, what are you going to do? What can you do to make yourself feel better? Sometimes that's exercising. <laughs> Sometimes again, that's talking to, you know, a friend or someone like that. Um, again, the, the social media kind of stuff kind of helps you to kind of do like stuff that's really distracting. And then, like I said, but after you do that, you have to move on and figure out how to make yourself happy again.
1: Yeah. So you, you kind of goes back, right. It doesn't surprise me. It goes back to your discipline, right? You just kind of call yourself out almost (laughs) and kind of handle it. And, yeah. and do you, so do you have, so you have a few things to distract you, it sounds like, are kind of yeah. maybe your, your go-to. Um, do, do you have a, uh, like a go-to process? Like if you get in a funk and you can't get out of it, is there like a favorite go-to move or strategy that works for you when you... When you
0: go sometimes it'd be, you know, music, listen to something that makes mm-hmm. you feel good or like a time period back, you know, like maybe something from the eighties or nineties when you were like oh, in yeah. high school or middle Everything school. Everything in the eighties makes you feel better. <laughs> I mean, come on <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. It's something that made you happy back, you know, yeah. years ago and when you didn't have the stresses that you have today mm-hmm. and just kind of listen through those. And I also actually realized that it's okay to be sad, but functional, just because you're sad or depressed doesn't mean you don't get up and go to work. It doesn't mean you don't clean your house. It doesn't mean you don't pay your bills. Like, you can do them at the same time. Like, yes, I'm feeling this way, but it doesn't exempt you from life. It doesn't exempt you from doing things you need to do. Like, I just realized that you have to do both. Sometimes it's hard to tell your brain to shut off and stop thinking about things because you can't. Some things are just so strong and so evident that it's going to be in your face it's okay, but get past it. Keep doing your job. Keep Mm. doing all the things you need to do every day. You still have to function.
1: Mm. Wow. That's so good.
0: And so you're, if I'm hearing you right, it's, it's
1: just sit with it like it's okay it's there yeah. it's 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 kind of the mindfulness approach if if you're familiar with that where you you're not trying to fight it or battle it or understand it you're just kind of you're there with it it's yeah. hang out and you're like all right we're going to do this still yeah. so do you, could you give me because i'm sure people listening to this look at you the way i do is like <laughs> everything comes easy not comes easy is easy oh. right i'm not suggesting it's not hard work yeah but it it just is like, oh yeah, I was just built this way and I just do this and I know there's so much more to it. Can you talk through a time when you had a down day or that that sad but functional state and you pushed through it? Does does anything recently come to mind, you know, in these high pressure environments that you can think of?
0: Well, I mean, when I was working in in the corporate world, I mean, mm-hmm. those things happen all the time where you have like you know, we have a lot of like um, changes in personnel and you're trying to adjust to different people sure. and on top of projects and things like that. And so mm-hmm. there was a point in time where we were losing um, a lot of like um, leadership positions within in the facility I was working in. And so you have to absorb different roles that are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> we were losing, you know, some key people were going on to different positions, like key positions. And so mm-hmm. There was a role there where a person had been doing it for I think over 16 years. And um it wasn't myself there kind of like holding the ship together. Um <laughs> operations manager, we were searching for a facility manager at the same time, but it was myself, two supervisors, and we had a scheduler that was leaving at the, the same time. And so um, you know, there's just suggestions to say, hey, how about one of your supervisors takes that on? I'm like, they have so much going on, there is no mm-hmm. way. I'm going to say, Hey, do this. Um, you know, I didn't want them to be any more disengaged. And so I said, well, I'll learn how to do the scheduler job in seven days. I had seven days to learn how to do something. Somebody did for 16 years and I would rather take on that burden (laughs) than my teammates doing that. So they could focus Mm -hmm. on other things I felt like were a little bit more suited for where they could bring the most value and again, keep them somewhat engaged. So (laughs) That was a lot of pressure to take yeah. that on. There were a lot of, uh, you know, I messed up, you know, I was, mm-hmm. you know, the schedule wasn't necessarily right, you know, but we still, we didn't shut the facility down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it was a lot of downtime. It was very stressful. I was still going to the gym twice a day. So mm-hmm. I would get up before 30 to go to the gym to meet with my trainer and get to work by six, work well over eight hours. Like that's not even a thing. Yeah. Uh, then go to work out again at 6 PM, you know, till about eight o'clock or so, and then do all that over again. So it was a complete burnout, but at the same time, I had gotten so used to doing it that Mm. it became normal, even though it shouldn't have been, but I knew it was only going to be, you know, it wasn't forever. Mm. I knew that we were going to get someone to fill the role that I, you know, was trying to do dual triple roles, however you want to say, but. I think what helps me when I have those down times and it's like so many things going on at one time is that, you know, it's not forever. It may Mm -hmm. feel like forever right now, but it's not. Um, And then be thankful that you had the opportunity to, to help out, you know, like, like we didn't know what was going to happen, but I was like, you know what? I'm happy that I was able to do something to relieve, like I said, people, the supervisors that were reporting to me that give them some relief. Yeah. So that they didn't have to carry that burden. Um, so I was health, happy in that, happy in that I learned something totally new, and I did learn something in seven days that somebody had been doing for years.
1: Unbelievable! It so, so Doesn't just, surprise just, me. This is your approach to this. I'm like, i i I listen, Crystal. I'd love to say that's how I would have handled it, but I'd be <laughs> straight up lying. That's just that's great though. So do you, do you have a practice or anything you do to? to build and maintain this mindset. And I know a lot of this is ingrained in you, but is there anything you do intentionally for this sense of gratitude and, and just uh, use outwardly positive nature that you have?
0: Uh, intentionally. So beyond the, like keeping the negativity out, like, and one thing Important. i I'll, I'll, be, I'll admit, I don't watch the news. Um, that is good. You know my, I mean? <laughs> good for my you. My mom <laughs> me for that. But yeah. If I feel like anything I need to know, my mom will let me know. So I don't That's care. my fault. I. Right, there you go. All right, I'm with you on that one. But I really just maintain a high level of just positivity. And it's not even, to me, it's not that hard. I won't say it's not hard to, to downplay anybody else that says it is. Um, it's really a choice. It really is something that you are in complete control of. Now, obviously bad things happen. They absolutely do. But again, those things don't last forever. So it's okay mm-hmm. to have your period of mourning and grief and complaints, whatever you need to do to, to get that off your chest. But it comes back to, is that going to last forever? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I look at as well, um, I think in, in extremes, so that shouldn't be no surprise. But my extreme is to myself is if what I'm going through or what I'm going to do. Is it going to result in the end of the world or death? To me, those are the worst things that can happen. Hmm. And if it does not produce any of those results, then it will be fine. Cause the end of the world is the end of the world. That's death for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Everything not else is alone. cool. You're good. Everything else can be worked through. You'll be uncomfortable. You <laughs> may not like it, but you will live to see another day. Hmm. Um, and the world will be here another day. So again, when I look at those things or decisions I make or things that can happen or those downtimes, I'm like, this is not the end of the world, or this is not yeah. going to produce death. Hopefully, so. <laughs> so that's just kind that's of how great. I think of it. Like, if it doesn't, if that's not the result of whatever's going on, then it'll be okay.
1: That is so, and, and not only is that such a great reminder because you've, you've made it so clear cut, like I can handle anything that's not in these two buckets, but, but then, you know, for myself, then I start to extrapolate all the the whole other bucket, like all the 75 million potential things that could happen. I spend all this energy on all the things that I can handle. And you're like, it doesn't even matter. I'm good. Right. Like that. you've just made it simple. Is that how our mutual friend uh, talked talk to me a little bit about how you guys ended up in bodybuilding? And if I understand the story right, neither of you had any idea or interest or like it just kind of was one of the crazy ideas, I think. Yeah, was. Can, can, can you talk? And, and it seemed like a lot of this played into that, right? Because there was a high <laughs> level of discomfort, yeah. certainly a high level of discipline and commitment to something like this. But it's not like you were kind of dabbling in this all your life. You just had
0: this idea to do it. I don't want to tell the story, but is that
1: how it went down?
0: Yeah. So I've always admired like the bodybuilding world and and people I've seen doing that. And one of the things I used to do actually when I travel a lot with my job was I bought all the fitness magazines and the hers magazines and I would read through them and not do anything in it. But I had a set for years. But, right? you had them all. Yeah. but I had them. So fast forward, I, I meet our mutual friend and meet each other at work. And so, you know, we found out that we had a common interest in health in some way. And so, she invited me out to go to this gym that she was a member of. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, don't know what I'm getting into. Right. And so, we've been working out with the same trainer. And <laughs> one day. Uh, you know, and our trainer had been a, had um had done competitions in the past. Okay. Um, so you know, I always thought she had an amazing body, you know. I'm like, oh, she looks great. And she was tough. Um <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, as tough as she was, it's like let's crank it up a level and compete. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's do this. And so it just kind of jumped in, had no idea, um, didn't know how long it would take. You know, we knew it was gonna be hard, you know. I'm like, yeah. well, I've been in athletics, you know, it'll be okay. It shouldn't be too difficult. It was. Um, It was very difficult. (laughs) But it was the end result and something you can say that I've done this. You know, like we were more so like, well, we would just have the pictures to prove that we did it one time. And it was kind of like, let's just do it one time to say we did it or at least to see how it was. You know, now we did do that one time and then I did take some time off Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But it was just kind of one of those things It's like, okay, let's just do it. And we went forward and... (laughs) We did, the end of the world didn't happen and none of us, neither one of us died. From, yeah, you're still alive okay. and you didn't you
1: did, you do it. Uh, but my, so, so yeah, so it was thinking in extremes, right? Yeah. It was, what, and, and you constantly challenged, I mean, this all is so consistent for you, right? This like, hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it at the highest level <laughs> and I'm not going to likely die and the end of the world, probably not going to happen. Yeah. What was the experience like stepping on stage for the first time? For was, somebody who's put yeah. themselves into that
0: environment, right? <laughs> and to get criticized by judges and everything, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I, as I mentioned, I was a, I'm was an introvert. So going on the stage in front of a bunch of people, you know, in your bikini for, for, for that fact, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it was nothing. It was like, okay, but I guess in a sense, like I'm used to performing in a sense in front of people. So running track you're in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um I was a cheerleader for many years in school as well like in grade school and at high school. So I'm used to being in front of people. So it was kind of like a version of those things I had done in the past. So mm-hmm. it's so funny once you get out there you're in this different element of euphoria like you've worked all these weeks to look your best and you do you look your best and when you get on the stage it's like interestingly enough at least my experience is that none of that fear and all these other things that I could have are there. It's just like, here's the package I presented. I worked hard for it mm. and I'm ready to present. And so it's, it's just magically, you just kind of get this different level of confidence that all the fear and all those other things you think you would have just kind of goes out the way. I love that and, it, it, and it's not magic I don't think but it's earned <laughs> right
1: like yeah. you you've you've put yourself out there and you're maybe unsure uncertain and and challenged but yeah. you, you find confidence in the process it almost sounds like right. a little bit right i've and earned if you're prepared. the right to be there
0: yeah and you've prepared for it. you know it's just like prepared, uh, if, you, right. if you prepared for that presentation then you're going to be confident and you're happy to do it. Yeah. But if you didn't, then you can definitely tell that's a different experience. And mm-hmm. same thing with the stage. If you're not prepared, that's probably going to feel a lot different. <laughs>
1: wow. And and just and just to continue it. So you didn't do it just once. You went back and and it continued and then it's somewhere yeah. along the line you had the great idea of we should
0: go <laughs> pro. And well so, the thing was so like after that first one it was so extreme and we were just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh I can't eat like that ever again and oh yeah. man. So I took a probably about a two or three year hiatus and I really went on the other extreme of eating whatever, <laughs> not working out. And I okay. didn't like that look at all. Yeah. Um, so again, it's all about the results. So like you work out, you eat these certain things, you look great. You don't, you don't look as great as you would like. So I didn't like that result too well. So I did start going back to the gym just to kind of like get back to like a regular maintenance look. Yeah. But I thought I had another crazy idea. I'm like, well, you know, I'll compete and I was going to compete. I competed in a different division um, the second time around. I said, yeah, I'll do that when I turn 40. Well, I actually did it before I turned 40. <laughs>
1: oh my god! I was a little
0: scared of schedule. And then three years later, I'm still doing it. Good. Now, I didn't necessarily think about going pro per se until the trainers and coaches I had said, you know what, you have the potential to go pro. And someone had the nerve to have give me the idea. Uh-huh. That I go pro, you know? <laughs> So I was just like, "Wow! If they think I can, then right. I probably could." Yeah. And so I pursued that. But it was just um, that little bit of someone giving me a, you know, that push um, to yeah. say, "I think you can do this." And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes you, it's not self doubt, but you just didn't have it in your radar. But once somebody yeah. puts it in your radar, you're like, "You know what? I can do that." It's going to be hard, but I can do it.
1: I like it. So as we, we could do this forever. This is so fun. So I've got a few questions I want to wrap up with and kind of talk about high performance and happiness, kind of pull it all together. But so you just talked about getting results. What is success for you? Whether how you look at a day or a week or, or, or one of your crazy ideas, right? And they're not even crazy. (laughs) You got to use a different word, right? That your extreme extreme ideas. How do you measure success for yourself with such high expectations?
0: Hmm. That's a good one. Let's see. How do I measure success? Um, you know, it is the happiness <laughs> to be okay. honest, you know, at the end of the day, if what I've done, um, I'm still happy. I'm still, it's something that helped other people. Um, mm-hmm. that's always really, really a good feeling.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I still have, you know, my friends and circles of people, uh, that are still with me. Mm -hmm. Um, that's success for me. It's not necessarily about, you know, yes, I'm happy to start the business to, to get the pro cards to do all these other things, but I'm just really simple. It's like, I just still want my family, my friends, those that's, Mm -hmm. what's important to me above all of the other things.
1: I love it. I love it. That's good. (laughs) How about shifting to the happiness side Okay. We, we, we talk a lot here about self-care as being a source of happiness, right? Oh, like finding that balance. I'm always fascinated by athletes because mm-hmm. we think of the work, the lifting and all the the eating and the new, but what, what does self-care look like for you? And in particular, I'm interested in learning about recovery because our yeah. mutual friend has taught me so much about that, that I never understood What does that look like for someone like you that goes, 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 and is at such a high level?
0: Yeah, so our mutual friend has also taught me a few things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We should Um, name her Shamanique. That is our mutual friend here. Yeah, she's she's
0: so amazing. Um, That I had these last, particularly I guess this last year and a half, was not anything I was even thinking about whatsoever. Like, I feel like feeling like somebody's ran over you is normal. Um, (laughs) I mean, you lifted all this weight. What do you expect to feel like, you know? right? So, so, um, massaging never thought to do that. Get Mm -hmm. those quite often. Other types of body work where you may have suction cups and things all over you to kind of like break up things. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that like even for like massages, like you have to pull your muscles apart because sometimes they may almost fuse together because you may be favoring, a certain body part because you're Mm trying to compensate for something. So you kind of have to like get that all adjusted, um, go into the sauna to just clear your thoughts and Mm -hmm. what else do I do now? Um, how about sleep? You you talked about your, yes,
1: before, yes. like, do you sleep, Crystal? That's kind of probably a question I have.
0: Oh, you know, I definitely way. sleep. Everybody laughs at me because I am the master sleeper. Like okay. I can literally get in a vehicle and if I am not driving, <laughs> I will go to sleep. Like no, no time at all. Like I'll okay. sit and I don't know what happens. It's like immediately once I get in that yeah. passenger side, I just like go out like a light, and it can be literally like in five minutes, and it can okay. be a short distance, it can be long distance, it doesn't matter. I can go to sleep at any moment, so everyone laughs at me because it's like I've never seen someone who can sleep like you <laughs> and sleep soundly. Like there's hardly any time like I don't get rest. Like mm. I go to sleep. Now that may be like well, like like that extreme when I was working sure. and trying to work out. Like yeah. I was not getting as many hours. Yeah. But do I know how to sleep? I can tell you how to. Say
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. important to kind of to feel it. What, what area of your self-care are you working on right now? Like what's kind of your area of focus of getting better about taking care of yourself?
0: Um, I do want to maintain still going like to get the massages and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that absolutely was just not something I was doing before. Um, I would like to like our mutual friend, get into the acupuncture
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: okay. aspect of things because I think she's had some really good success with that. And I've never really, I've kind of dabbled with it, but I've Mm -hmm. never done it to the, to the level that she has. And so that's something that I would, you know, like to, to maybe get into a little bit more. So
1: great. So you got a lot of tools that you, you work from there. You need, need them all. So, okay. So one of the things I'm always interested in as we, as we wrap things up, you know, I I loved how you phrased, you took this leap of faith, right. Mm -hmm. And you've worked through so much, so gracefully, but a, a lot of the folks, I think the, if it, they're like me, and I was always looking for a podcast like this, it was because I was I was in a rut, or I was stuck, or I was stressed, or I was frustrated, is usually the catalyst for change, right? And there's some people like you, they're always just looking to grow and improve, and there's there's a group there. But for someone right now who's a little stuck, or struggling, or they want to make that big change, but they don't think in extremes... Sure. They don't they they they're they're just trying to figure out how do I get to the next step in my career or yeah. how do I shake this funk that I'm in yeah. to feel I want to feel and talk like you know what advice would you give to somebody who's just searching for like how to get out and in, into that next step? Sure.
0: First thing to do is speak it. Hmm. Speak it out loud because as soon as you start to speak it all these things start to just kind of attract to you. It's just like, think about when you get a new car Mm -hmm. or you're researching to get a new car. All of a sudden, every time you look, there's that car. (laughs) And it's like, no one started selling more of those vehicles all of a sudden. They've been there the whole time. It's because it wasn't in your focus. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that was on your radar. So once you start putting things out there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. how the how and it's going to happen, reveals itself to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it starts to, it's, you've almost become obsessed with it mm-hmm. and it's okay because it will start to, to sh- to show up. So when I had the idea of like, Hey, I want to, you know, stop working, but how am I going to survive or what am I going to do? Now, obviously there's ways to do that. Um, you say, you do all these other things you might have to set up. But one thing was I have a basement that was just sitting dormant and it's finished. And so I'm like, Hmm, well, one thing, how about get rid of a mortgage? (laughs) Okay. Or, or pretty much get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So remodeled my basement and it's like a fully, you know, self-sustaining like apartment. Like, so I Airbnb a lot and, you know, other things may happen where people like need this place to stay. And so I've been renting out my basement for, to help with that particular bill. Right. And so it's like, I would not have necessarily, I've had, I've been in this house for almost 10 years mm-hmm. or at that time, I've probably been here for about you know eight or nine years and I hadn't done anything with my basement. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I started thinking about, you know, how does it look to, you know, not work? How do you survive? How are you going to do these things? Then I, it revealed, something was revealed to me <laughs> that, Hey, here's a way to, to do that. So again, it's, even if the idea may seem a little off or, how am I going to do that? Or just like unreasonable, just speak it. And Mm -hmm. it starts to starts to reveal itself. You may talk to somebody about it and then they say, Oh yeah, I know about X, Y, Z. And then you get an idea from them. And it's amazing when you start um, talking about things you may want to do, how many people either know about it or thinking about it or know someone else that has done it. Mm -hmm. And it's just because you spoke out, that you're able to make that mm-hmm. connection or those different attractions start to, to come to you. So don't be afraid of, um, trying out something again, whatever your buckets of extremes of the worst things that could happen, we mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mine are, Right? <laughs> if you define that for yourself and say, if what mm-hmm. I'm going to do doesn't end result in one of these things, that's an extreme worst thing for them. And then again, speaking it out into existence. I think those are at least things that could definitely make a huge difference in you going forward and whatever that is you want to do.
1: Oh, well, you're a perfect example of that. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that somehow I got connected to you by, I guess, speaking it out loud and make, getting the introduction. And yeah. uh, this has just been a lot of fun. And I think uh, the audience is going to take a ton away from this on so many levels <laughs> so fun so valuable um just a pleasure to be around so where can we check you out follow you either either follow your bodybuilding career or follow the consulting work you're doing what's the best places to check you yes
0: out? so let me make sure I, you know it's so funny since i don't really <laughs> you don't go on social media so you don't even know what you're yeah on. well like my it's so funny because i recently changed this so i want to make sure i got it Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sh- 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 give me a second here. This is crazy. I can't even remember my own. That's thing. okay,
1: and I can link to them in the show notes
0: too. Yeah.
1: So yeah. That might be the easiest one. There yeah.
0: So, I'll, yeah, I'll give you my my email for my business, and then okay. um, my um handle for my instagram so there you go go. you're so focused you you don't don't worry about that stuff they'll they'll find you that's (laughs) how it works your phone number he's like well i never call myself so i have no idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey you're you're true to what you said though you don't worry about that stuff listen (laughs) crystal thank you so much this was a total pleasure for those of you that uh have listened and enjoyed i'll have in the show notes links so you can connect and follow crystal uh and then uh, we'll have the recording up on help really soon so you can check it out there along with all our other episodes and uh appreciate everybody listening crystal thank you this was awesome
0: no problem i appreciate it all right we'll see right, you, right, you soon been... all right talk to you later